Welcome to the Oregon College Football Post Game Show with Judah Newby and Neil Lomax. Presented by Frost Brewed Coors Light on 1029 and 750 The Game. All right, final whistle is in the books. That means we're on the radio. Approaching the 11 p.m. hour, welcome into the Oregon College Football Post Game Show with Judah Newby and the College Football Hall of Famer Neil Lomax as the Oregon Ducks take care of Cal. 42-24 to is the final score. The Ducks get the win, and it is their first win in the Pac-12 on the road since November of 2016 at Utah, which we all remember that game. That was the Justin Herbert miracle touchdown pass at the very end of the game. Uh that uh, they were able to complete to get this stunning win at the Utah Utes. November of 2016, the last road win in the Pac-12 for the University of Oregon. They went on the road, though, today, 42-24. to Neil Omex joins me here on 1029-750 The Game. You can join the conversation as well at 503-417-7575. Going to take you up for one hour's time. Neil, what jumped out to you for this one? Hey, good evening. What's How up? How we doing? Late <laughs> night, man. Sorry night here in the studios. <laughs> I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, well, we watched the game together. What do you mean? It's been two minutes. You took a little bathroom break. You came back. That's but, true. You know, That's true. I take no, it back. All-around great effort. I mean, again, I expect this. We expect this as Oregon Duck fans now. I mean, it is amazing. Last game, November 2016. That's right. Mm-hmm. That, that's very surprising. Um, real, you, you, you look at this entire game, and I think Oregon, again, Actually, it looked like it can score more points. To you, we watch it. It was pedestrian effort. Um, offensive, the stats won't show exactly how clean the game was. You know, you you kind of take away, you know, the 15 yard and sportsmanlike penalty. That's right. kind of the only by Woods. Like, what the heck's he doing in there anyway? What do you, what do you, it's all about? You come on. It's you just third. take you take that one away. That was the only to me black mark or only like what the heck was that thing mm-hmm. all game long. Uh, I felt Oregon really dominated this game after that first drive. Uh, give Cal a lot of credit. I mean, seven minutes and 30-second drive on the opening kick, and they take it down. The Ducks kept them out of the end zone. It's three-zip, but you're kind of like, okay, this could be a little, uh, maybe it's 21-14 kind of ball game. But then Oregon really took over from there. So very impressed overall with the entire uh, offense, defense, special teams very impressed with Oregon's victory. 503-417-7575 for recapping Ducks and Cal with the Oregon Ducks getting the road win 42-24. They cover the minus two and a half relatively comfortably. Neil, your uh, pre- prediction right before the game was about a, a 48-20 to 20 Oregon over Cal. Yeah, I, I thought it, they should have gotten there. Yeah, I thought this could be a 24-point, 25-26 point. I right. mean, everybody's saying it's going to be a 36-20 game. 60, again, 18 points. But it felt like again, Oregon definitely took the your foot off the gas. It did. Qu- third third quarter, fourth quarter. But look at the rushing stats. I mean, again, you just amazing. This is the Oregon teams of the past where even the Chip Kelly teams, you spread them out and run. It was sixty three percent run back in his days. People were like, no way. Yes, it was. They run. They were leading the nation in rushing or top five categories from two thousand twelve. To, oh, 2011 to 2016, the Oregon Ducks were like leading the nation in rushing. And, and look at the statistics now. I mean, they did that today very, very well. I mean, I don't know when the last time they had two running backs, not a quarterback, but two running backs 
rushed for over 100 yards. Yeah, we'll have to check up on that. In the meantime, another big story this game was the turnovers. I mean, you look, Cal ended up having five turnovers forced by the Oregon defense, the last of which was a pick six to help seal that game to turn it from uh, being a 35-24 to score to a 42-24 to final. And the last two possessions of the game for Cal ultimately resulted in interceptions. So the Oregon defense really, they ended up coming to play in this game. They got hit in the mouth early. Mm-hmm. Cal extended some drives early. But it really felt like Jim Levitt's unit responded well. Well, and Amadi played great. Uh, he's kickoff return, punt return. Number seven was everywhere. He made the key pick early in the game. They kind of turned that around early first quarter. And he got a little freebie at the end there. That was kind of nice to give him a little pick six. But in the last one there was kind of a tip ball. And the pressure was on Cal to do something. But the the the, the, the fumble, too. So you're right, five turnovers. Mm-hmm. Ducks throw no interceptions. And that's key again how, to me, Justin Herbert handles that offense. Really manages it well. Uh, again, I, I'm impressed with the rushing. I mean, you have 42 times you touch, you carry the ball, 260 yards total rushing, a 6.2 average. That that's very impressive, especially a away game too. And again, they're taking what they what the defense gives you. And we'll talk about some of the linebackers from Weaver, Muskie. Those guys are pretty good backers from Cal, but they are. You 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 carry you have, I mean, t- Travis Die 20 carries. 20 touches. Yeah, the guy's not very big, but he was able to carry a, a big load. And, and no TB, TBJ. And Verdell. Tony Brooks, Tony Brooks James gone. Right. So and, and Verdell seemed like he got hurt a little bit throughout this game, or at least banged up to the point where, you know, you needed die in this game to get those 20 Well, carries. yeah, but he's still, he's still averaging 12 yards per carry. I mean, he rushed for over 100 yards. Yeah. So he flushed that coughed up ball last week very well and came back and performed. So give CJ a lot of credit for that. 503-417-7575. You can tweet at 1029 the game as well. Your thoughts on this duck game. My question right out of the gate is, did Oregon look impressive to you? Now, keep in mind that, yeah, they covered the minus two and a half well. You know, we were in a social environment watching this game, Neil, and there was also some scuttlebutt around from the patrons and the viewers watching this game. Some frustration with the way that the uh, Oregon players were handling themselves at times. It was evidenced in that unsportsmanlike penalty against Woods that extended that first half drive eventually led to a Cal touchdown. But, you know, where's the line? Where's the line with wanting to handle yourself the right way, handle yourself like a quote-unquote professional, but also allowing your 18-21 year olds room to, I mean, be emotional and have big plays and enjoy the moment? Well, 90% 90 of the time they were. They're, They're excited and celebrating a touchdown or a pick or a big stop. That this was an incomplete pass. I mean, it was early for early second quarter. I have I have my notes down here. Cal goes three and out, and they punt. It was a punt, okay? It was a punt. And the ball goes out of bounds, and Woods comes over and mouths off. Right. It's all about me. Slash this that, and it happens. Yeah, but come on. So that was very very immature and a, and a personal issue that I guarantee you Mario Cristobal will handle that no problem whatsoever. You also look at the penalties in this game, and that was one of the questions I had was, was Oregon going to be disciplined from a penalty standpoint? They came into this game averaging four penalties a game, which was top 20 in the country. They had seven penalties today for 72 yards, but even that is, that's decent. Like, you can live with that on the road, right? Seven penalties for 72 yards. One wasn't an intentional delay of game. 
You know, and another, two. another actually two. two yeah, yeah. Games, and you right? want you want to do that because you want to get yourself. You want to run that clock down yeah. and get your punter that you give 55, 60 yards to punt instead of forty five or fifty. So you take away the fifteen yard selfish no brainer. You know, personal foul of unsportsmanlike conduct. Very manageable. You you take those four or five penalties that actually meant some. Had one holding and was key, but other than that, pretty clean game. Pretty clean game, and for Mario Cristobal's first road game with this crew, you know, ultimately, I feel like they handled themselves well. They ended up scoring at least once in every quarter, but I don't, I still feel like the Ducks have yet to play their best game. Would you agree with that? I mean, there was a lot to be had on the table in this game as well. Well, it's 35-10, though. Right. You know, and that's that's pretty impressive, you know, after the right start, start of the third quarter there. I mean, C.J. Verdell takes it for 74 Started so it's 20 28 10 at halftime. I mean, bang, we get the kickoff. Oregon gets a kickoff, 74 yards. Habidi takes it in for the one yard run. It, it's 35 10. It yet yeah, does it smell like a Stanford game? Well, we didn't again. Oregon did not cash that in when they had it on the one yard line. If you recall, folks, they didn't cash it in. Mesh issue, snap goes over, scoop and score. Very kind of similar, same situation. Early third quarter, balls on the one-yard line, but Oregon scores. It's 35-10. To me, at that point, Oregon totally had control. They're going to win this football game. Do you put 50 on them, or do you put 42 on them? And they slowed it down and put 42, thanks for the pick six. Chip Kelly would have put 50 on them. Not at UCLA. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Not at UCLA. Chip Kelly, they would have, Oregon would have had 50 in the third quarter. Okay. 50, 50 in the third quarter. Yeah. So, but but it, I, I I don't know. I felt like they could have put pedal to the metal a little harder in the second half. This is a pretty good defense by Cal. Uh-huh. I mean, Stanford was a lot better. This is a really solid defense. Oregon, very happy with themselves. Are you happy with the Duck performance tonight? 42-24 the final. You can sound off at 503-417-7575. We'll go ahead and uh, get a scoreboard update for you here, and then we'll... Take a quick break. Come back with a full hour of the Oregon College Football Postgame Show. Judah Nubia and Neil Lomax right here on your home of Oregon College Game Day. 102.9-750 the game. 503-417-7575. 503-417-7575. The Oregon Ducks get their first win in the Pac-12. Taking down Cal, one of their Pac-12 North rivals. 42-24. to Cal led this game early. 3-0. Oregon got back on top. 7-3. Credit to Cal, they went on a nice drive that was extended by an unsportsmanlike conduct against Oregon to score a touchdown on a third and nine, a 28-yard run up the middle by quarterback Brandon McIlwain, who, keep in mind, was a high school player of the year in the state of Pennsylvania before going to South Carolina, playing under Will Muschamp. Didn't see playing time, transferred to Cal Berkeley, redshirted a year. He's on the baseball team at Cal as well. And I tell you what, he's an athletic player, and... He can run the ball, but it was interesting, Neil. I, I just taking a look at Cal's offensive game plan in this game. You know, we knew it was going to be Garbers and McIlwain for the bulk bulk of it, but they ended up letting McIlwain throw the ball a little bit more in this game than I certainly was anticipating. I mean, he ended up finishing as the leading passer, 11 completions out of 21 attempts for only 128 yards. And yeah, McIlwain's legs did a lot of damage in this game, though, as well. 15 carries for a buck 23. Yeah, absolutely. He's a big boy. And you see that more and more in college football that half these college teams have that athletic, bigger quarterback that can run and throw. Not the fastest guy, but he is powerful. They ran a lot of quarterback powers 
a lot of quarterback zones, uh, a lot of little quarterback delay sweeps and draws. Uh, they got behind, but they still couldn't throw very well. That's right. And I, and I give that credit to, to Jim Levitt and the defensive backs. I talked about before we got into this game, I was really interested in the matchup with actually with Cal's defensive backfield. They've been proven to be really, really stout, really good against Oregon's receivers. We saw a lot of great matchups, a lot of man-to-man press coverage with one high, and but it really was Oregon's defensive backs, led by Amadi, and those guys played really solid. I mean, you only talk about 180 yard, 186 yards passing, and you're behind most of the way. So that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Well, you should be throwing for 250, 300, because you're, you're down three scores most of the time, and their answer was... McElwain on a draw or McElwain on a delay. So Oregon Ducks defense did a heck of a job of stifling anything Cal tried to do. And I know Bo Baldwin, he was very frustrated trying to get certain play calls and tunnel screens and this and that and some – it just wasn't working, and that's a lot of credit to Jim Levitt and that defensive group. Yeah, got to agree with you there. And that was one of the questions we had about Cal was the fact that they hadn't really been – Ah, well, they hadn't played a conference game. I would say they were challenged at BYU. That's a challenging game, no question. In that game, they played Garbers and McIlwain. Yeah. So, in a sense, you knew what they wanted to do from a QB standpoint. But after that, it was Idaho State in a bye week. Yeah. So, Cal still had a lot of unanswered questions for themselves on offense. They tried to answer them in this game by playing Garbers and McIlwain, but it did. you did get the sense that even they were trying to find out what they were able to do against this Duck defense, and it, Oregon made it tough on them. And I tell you, a, an unsung hero here who does not get a lot of pub or press, he doesn't know how they play, is our boy Drayton Carlberg. Nailed it. Huge, huge sack, scoop and score by Lamar Winston Jr., Central Catholic Rams, by the way. Shout out. And... After that, if, you got, if folks remember, it's only 10 to 20. It's 21 10 Ducks. Uh, and Oregon's on a little drive, fourth and fourth and three. We pu- Oregon punts. Cal has the, kind of the, the fake fair catch. You guys remember that? I can't remember who was the. Vic the Wharton. Vic Wharton. He, no. he doesn't raise his hand, but he's just kind of standing there. I've seen that happen a couple times this year in college football. He goes for a 30 yard gain on the, the, I don't know if that's the delayed fair catch or the ghost. Fair yeah. catch. Where we want to turn that? McElwain rolls out, and Drayton Carl, Carlberg comes in, sacks him, scoop and score, makes it 28-10 at half. Huge yeah. play. So, Drayton, congratulations. When you had your chance, you filled in. You were a stud. I'll go ahead and make that our play of the game. Here's how it sounded on Fox Sports 1 today. <laughs> Allegedly, here's how it sounded on Fox Sports 1. Not sure if we can get that on the air or not. Actually, we'll probably have to figure that out and break. But Drayton Carlberg. It, it sounded great, big, though. I'll tell you why. We were play. watching it. It sounded great. It was a big, big play. Big boy coming in. Big 90 coming in there, making that little great swim technique, strips the ball from McElwain yeah. and take it to the house. And, you know, to be when it was unfolding in real time, I almost thought that it might have been an arm going forward situation. But he didn't. He stripped it clean. He got it clean right out of McElroy's hands, and to be honest, it's not a turnover that you can afford to make in that situation. But, you know, at one point, Cal was leading this game 10-7 with nine and a half minutes to go in the first half. And at that point, Oregon decided, all right, we got to turn this thing around. And they did so in a pretty interesting way. Travis Dye ended up really coming through there in the second quarter, Neil. I mean, this guy, true freshman, 
who at the beginning of the year, we weren't sure if this was going to be one of the running backs that would have to redshirt. You know, was this one of the running backs that mm-hmm. would play four games in redshirt? You know, utilize that redshirt rule for his advantage. Today, they needed him, and they relied on him. He carried the ball 20 times. He did fumble. <laughs> he did fumble, and that might be a theme that we have to monitor with these young backs going forward. But... Did, yeah, yeah, it did cost him, and that's why we were questioning, or, or Oregon Duck fans and the experts, you know, three, four weeks ago, why, why are they having, you know, Todd Griffin and, and Darren Felix and Travis Dye and mm-hmm. Cyrus Habibi Lakio, how, how you know C.J. Bardell? Well, how come how come they're having all these five, six, seven guys rushing? Well, it turns out this is why. Yeah, this is why, folks and fans, we didn't. Who's hurt? Who's who's a better situation? It's third down and one, and all of a sudden Travis Dye takes it forty-five yards for a touchdown to make it fourteen ten. And that really was huge play, a, a momentum changer because then Cal went three and out, and then Oregon went down and scored again. Dylan Mitchell, a 36-yard touchdown catch. Oregon took control at that moment and really never let up control from there. We'll get your more highlights coming up on the other side of this timeout. Your thoughts as well if you're staying up late with us. Call in, talk some football with Neil Lomax at 503-417-7575. This is the Oregon College Football Post Game Show. Pressure coming, Oh, man, that was a huge play, arguably the biggest play of the game. Drayton Carlberg getting the pressure up the middle, strip sack of Brandon McIlwain, the California quarterback, ends up being taken back to the house by Lamar Winston Jr. What did that play remind you of, Duck fans? I think a lot of people said it reminded me of that 2015 Rose Bowl against Jameis in Florida State. Hmm. Jameis steps back, slips on the field. Ball goes up in the air. Tony Washington, number 91 for the Ducks, jumps on it, takes it. House call. Oregon blows out Jameis in Florida State in that Rose Bowl. Similar type of feel on that play, of course, with uh, with differences recognized. But it was a big play in that game, Neil. And, you know, when we talk about that big picture, it really represents the depth on this Oregon defense, particularly on the defensive line, with a guy like Drayton Carlberg making arguably the biggest play of this football game. Yeah, coming in, and we Jordan Scott... Jalen Jelks, Justin Hollins, getting all the press. I thought Troy Dye had a huge stop, too. Folks, remember, Mm -hmm. fans, it was a fourth and goal in the one-yard line. They're going for early second quarter there, and uh, Troy Dye comes in from the C-gap. It's a five technique, squeezes in there, slips past Big 99, who's a fullback, by the way. He's kind of like a guard, but comes in and makes the stop. That was a huge statement, too, to me. Jim Lovett's defense and the physicality that Mario Cristobal's trying to bring, that was a, a big, big play in that game defensively. It really was. Now, Oregon offensively also had things to be proud of in this football game. And, you know, Justin Herbert, it, it kind of starts and finishes with him every single week. They did run it a lot more than I almost thought they would in this game. Um, playing with a lead in the second half, I'm sure had something to do with it. But, Neil, when Justin Herbert was throwing... He was on point in this football game more often than not. Well, and the threat is there for the for his throwing and the passing game and his feet. That's the threat. If you watch Cal, they were too high, five, six, seven guys in the box expecting, you know, you're going to cover those two. If it's two by two, three by one, trips left, trips right, 
you got to respect the passing game. That opens up uh, what Oregon's able to do. I mean, that's what you see. That's what Marcus Arroyo sees. They're up there in the box scene. This is the openings, the power game, zone game, counters. I mean, again, start in the second half, very first play. C.J. goes for 74 yards. That's basically a touchdown. And, again, I said that, to me, I just wrote down my note, game. That's game, 35-10. I mean, if Oregon really wanted to keep their pedal to the metal, it would have been 50, 57 points. I I truly feel that way. So they kind of eased up a little bit. Uh, Laird took over a little bit and made some good plays. They went six plays, 65 yards, and a touchdown to close at 17-35. But now you're creeping down into the fourth quarter. And, yeah, Travis Dye had the fumble. But right away after the fumble, Javon Holland makes a big pick. Oregon gets the ball right back. Yeah, that's that's what stands out to me. I mean, you forget this ultimately finishes a comfortable win. But twice, twice, Cal was inside the 10-yard line down 35-17 and did not score a single point. Interception by Javon Holland in the end zone. And then they go for it on fourth and goal from the one and a half and get rocked. But you got to keep that in mind. I mean, there was still a scenario, a pretty likely scenario, in which this was a tight game at the end. And to me, I think, man, I, I wish, and maybe this is me being selfish, and you'll feel free to call me out on this if, if this is just being a selfish, uh, you know, absent-minded fan of sorts. Even though I'm not a diehard, I still root for the team to win. I thought Oregon could have and arguably should have been more aggressive with their play calling in the second half. The running on first and second down consecutively, setting up constant third and sixes and third and sevens, I felt like they they could afford to be more aggressive, especially with the multi-score lead. Isn't that almost, doesn't that give you the ability to be more down the field when you're up 35 to 10? I mean, not not really. I disagree. I I don't, aggressive still means you're going to, you know, see what they do. And all of a sudden you see a lot of the freezing going on. You see the clapping. They wait. They go to the sideline to check the call because Marcus Arroyo is up above with his, with Coach Johnson, the wide receiver coach. They're looking what is the, Defensive formate. What is is it zone? Is it man? Is it strong side to blitz? Is it a weak side blitz? Is it a corner pressure? Is it bump man to man? They're looking for the best opportunity for their matchups. And they wait to the final five or six seconds, snap the ball, and most of the time it was a run pass up or a run situation. That's why you saw see the ducks rush rushing for forty two times. You only passed twenty two. This is the Oregon Ducks. You only had, you only attempted twenty two passes, but you ran forty two times. And people say, well, you weren't aggressive. I think that was their way of going, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to, quote, take what you give us. I know that's a cliche, but that's what they're looking at. These guys have been watching film, understanding, and rushing the ball that many times for 260 yards, that's aggressive. Especially on the road, you can rush the ball. That's controlling the game. Again, people forget, though, still in the middle of the third quarter, Oregon's up 35-10. Nice drive going on. He hits score for a first down. There's three minutes left. Throws the ball to Dylan Mitchell on third and four, and he drops it. The only drop of the game. I'm just telling you kind of what happens. Okay, kick a field goal. Well, Oregon, we missed the field goal. So all of a sudden, they come back and score 35-17. So you get a little restless there. But they were driving and doing everything correctly, I thought. Great play calling, great selection, just a couple drop balls here and there, and execution wasn't the best. Oregon's offense has scored 14 points in the second half of each of the last two games, and even that is actually misleading. Oregon's offense only scored seven points in the second half of this game. Yeah, the, pick six. The other seven was a pick six. Yep. 
And those seven points came in the first 90 seconds of the third quarter. I mean, so you're talking about going 27 minutes being shut out offensively. Mario Cristobal just said, quote, I don't think there's anything there to panic about. I agree with him, but I mean, come on now. 27 minutes being shut out in a game that you need to win on the road? I, I need better than that. Well, maybe that's what you need, but the Ducks ah. won to victory. You know, you're spoiled. Again, it's like, okay, the Oregon Duck team should be scoring all these points, and they control the game. I, I thought, they again, they did control the game. They won the turnover battle. They won the rushing battle. They control the game defensively, offensively, and even special teams. So, you know, again, this is the seven, seven times in a row Oregon has scored 40 points or more against Cal. The last seven meetings. We'll make that eight because they did score 42. I don't care if the defense scores or the offense scores. The team <laughs> scored 42, damn it. They won the game. <laughs> you play to win. Play to win the game. All right, we'll get you another scoreboard update here. We'll go all the uh, scores in the Pac-12, and then on the other side of the break, we'll get Neil's thoughts on all the games in the Pac-12, notably what the Beavers did down in Tempe. This is the Oregon College Football Postgame Show on 102.9-750, the game. All right, welcome back. Oregon College Football Postgame Show here on 102.9-750, the game. Didn't even let a liner happen in there. You got Dustin Fuentes spinning it behind the glass. Appreciate you, D. Fuen. Staying up late, throwing in the late night hours after the Timbers game. What a thrilling Timbers game. What a thrilling ball game that was. Neil Lomax, big soccer fan in the house. <laughs> what was nil-nil? Is that what it I mean. It was nil-nil. That's there, right. I'm sure there's oh. a lot of alcohol consumed, though. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's a winner. A lot of scarves were sold. That's right. Good, good for good for them. Yeah, get that brand. Have you seen a game at Providence Park yet? Uh, I have not. Not this year. Oh, maybe next year. Well, someone's giving me free tickets. I want sideline passes. I don't see a lot of sideline stuff on these soccer games. There's not a lot of folks in the sidelines. Yeah, you know, and I still understand why both teams are on the same sideline. What? There's what? never been a fight. I don't. I don't get that little glass. They have the little glass, little huts oh, yeah. with a little. Guys, kind of hang in there and warm up, and it's a culture thing. I, you, I understand. you wouldn't understand. <laughs> well, I do understand. Uh-huh. It's great, man. The World Cup. Who doesn't like watch the World Cup? Sixty minutes on, women and men. It's awesome. That's right. It's a it's a beautiful game. Well, that's what they call it. Just score some damn more goals. <laughs> speaking of score, speaking of, ru- I mean, the Beavers and the Sun Devils, dude. Did you see this? We did. We watched a little bit of that. We Unbelievable. Did. So this guy. This Arizona State running back, this dude here, Eno Benjamin, 30 carries for 312 yards and three touchdowns on Oregon State. That is an Arizona State rushing record. Neil, how does this happen? And you know who he beat? I told you even before the show, I I mentioned his name. We talked about Arizona State running backs. And I mentioned Woody Green from local Jefferson High School, and he broke Woody Green's record. For rushing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. People back. Yeah, I'd be like over 60 or 70 years old. Kind of remember who Woodrow Green is. So Woody Green went to Jefferson. Yeah. The previous record was 171 yards in 1973. A mark held by former Jefferson High, the Democrats. Dams. Woody, Woody Green. So Enos Benjamin comes in, runs for 312 yards. That's... That's not right, man. Well, the record that's that's just for a half. You know, you, you didn't let me finish. That was just for a half. That's not the entire game. So Eno Benjamin runs for 179 yards in the first half. 
So Woodrow Green, that was a, that was just a half. Wow. So we're not talking about the game. Wow. That's the game he ran okay. for three hundred plus. Wow. Well, but Jamar Jefferson didn't exactly you know slack it either. No, he had a big game too. My God, thirty-one times for two fifty-four. But the Beavers were behind the entire game and kind of wilted in that heat at Sun Devil Stadium. I know it well. I know that grass well. Good place. Tough to play there for an opponent, I would imagine. Yeah, especially when you get behind the team's <laughs> rusher for 300-plus. They, they don't want to see any other teams. They don't want to play NAU. They don't want to play Grand Canyon State. They don't want to play anybody. The Beavers don't want to see anybody from the Grand Canyon State. I mean, they're rushing. I mean, Arizona last week. J.J. rushing for over 200. J.J. Taylor, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, just stay away from the Grand Canyon State for a while. Well, let's go. Uh, let's do the obligatory look at the rest of Oregon State's schedule and and tell me where they have their most likely chance at victory. Because let's be honest, they'll be an underdog all the way the rest of the way. Next week they're home to Washington State, who's playing really well. I mean, great game. The Utah had a chance without that holding call. Yeah, the game comes down to the last five or six minutes. It does. Either it's a turnover or a penalty. You're, you're you're kind of rolling your eyes like it was a questionable holding call. No, uh, no, no, I, no. I was actually watching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, was, was it, good, was. it was a good call. Well, every, let's put it this way: every holding call can be questionable. You can call like any time of a lineman's reaching out and grabbing jersey and all that. But anyway, good football game. Washington State prevails. Now they come to Corvallis. Was it where they should win? I mean, yep. Washington State should win that game. And that's yet- that's what your question is. I'm I'm answering yes. Washington State should beat Oregon State in Corvallis next week. The Beavers, after that game, will have a bye week, and then they'll be back at home against Cal on a Friday night, October 19th. So you're talking about you don't have to go on the road until basically the weekend of Halloween for the Beavers. You're home to Wazoo, bye week, home to Cal on a Friday night with two weeks to prepare. That's a decent chance. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What? What? I don't think you can argue any way. That's a chance for the Oregon State to win that football game at home on a Friday night. And stylistically, it's not like Cal is going to spread you out and run you to death like an Arizona State might. At least Cal plays a style of football that hypothetically you could see the Beavers keeping pace with. I, I just, yeah, if McIlwain, the big stud quarterback for Cal, can rush for buck 15 against Oregon, come yeah. on, Beavers, keep him within 200. Yeah. You got a chance, okay? I'm, I'm worried he, about that. When five comes in the game, he's going to run the ball, Beavers. He's on the, that's a that's a good chance, Cal. Uh, and also, we were talking about they're at Colorado, at Colorado versus USC. Yeah, they're not exact. They had that game. So update the fans on that one. It yeah. was it was twenty four zip. It was twenty four to seven, seven, and I believe seventeen nothing at one point. Yeah, yeah. for USC against Arizona today. And then things got a little tense there in the fourth quarter. Arizona made it a one-score game there with two minutes left. Went for an onside kick. Did not get it. USC recovered and kneeled out the clock. But that being said, USC was in front of this game from start to finish. They were up 17-0 at halftime and uh, ultimately go on to win this football game. Yeah, it was. You're right. 24 to nothing. Yeah. Asa Cedric Ware ran for a 69-yard touchdown. Ten minutes left in the third to make it 24 nothing Trojans. Arizona scores the final 20 points of the game, but too little, way too late. You know, we talked about this, boy, and I tell you what, if you had money on this game, you're you're sweating out the backdoor cover. This was almost on SVP's bad beats. Yeah, so with Stanford Steve? With Stanford Steve, yeah. Okay. USC was a minus three favorite in this game, member. 
Ooh. They go up 24 nothing. so you're feeling good. You're feeling good. You, you laid the points with SC. Here comes Arizona in the last 20 minutes of the game. USC still covers somehow by one point, 24-20. That's college football, man. So we're talking about is Oregon State. Your question was, Oregon State have a chance against USC? Yeah, sure. the, the answer should be yes, but still, if Arizona can't mount that kind of, mount the little comeback at the end, the game is kind of over, but you know Arizona puts 400-plus on the Beavers. ASU, total yards. 558 total yards against the Beavs in 73 plays. But passing-wise, this wasn't even a balance. I mean, Manny Wilkins didn't even break a sweat. It was 95 degrees. Plus, he had some, he had like an Under Armour shirt underneath, too. I don't know what that's all about when it's 95 degrees. He's only 14 for 25, buck 80. So that's, that's really nothing. When you rush the ball for 400 times, this is two weeks in a row. So... Nothing, nothing Tim, needs to be yeah. said. What you got to figure out? Well, Oregon State's too light up front. That's pretty clear, right? They, they got light or heavy. They're just not very good. I don't care how what size you are. I don't. You, they're just not very good. Let's just say what it is, and they got to figure that out. Because now, Washington State does not want to run the ball. That's not what their style is. With Leach's air raid, fifty-two passes a game, pretty much. They average forty-eight. You're right. Wow. So, but, but you spread them out. What do you do? You run. So be careful. Here it comes. One team we also were impressed with, 11th-ranked Washington. This was a 17-and-a-half-point spread at kickoff, and I was on you know pregame saying, take, take BYU and exactly. 17-and-a-half. Exactly. Mean, this is a team that you know lost to Cal at home, but they beat fourth-ranked Wisconsin on the road. You're giving me 17-and-a-half with a team as tough as Brigham Young? Top 20 team? Yeah, give me those points. Washington says, okay, do it. I dare you. They go up 35 nothing in this game after three quarters, Neil, and they don't let BYU score a point until the final minute of regulation. Yeah, you had Ahmad and Gaskins just absolutely running left, running right. Those two tailbacks really carried the load for the Huskies. You know, I've been on Jake Browning's style of play his quality of play for the last three or four weeks. He manned it up. He controlled the game. Nothing spectacular came out stat-wise, but still 23 for 35, 277 to score. 23 the, for 25? I'm sorry, 23 for 35. My bad. 23 for 35, 20, 277. 25, right? 23 no, for 25. I, I've got 23 for 35. That's what I have. My box score says 24. He didn't break Justin Herbert's record. Come uh, on, that double was, check that. Uh, okay, I got Double check we'll, that. We'll double check that. I We're got 23 cracker. for 35. You okay. got a little... I've got did you, did you issue there. ESPN's got 23 for 25. Man. So, which, yeah. If that's true, that's efficiency. That, yeah, you think? <laughs> Google that one. But for one score, but rushing, they did a heck of a job running the football up there and control that game. I was surprised, too. You you and I both talked about that's going to be a lot closer game. I had a 28-24 kind of win for them. But we looked at the score. It was 35 nothing in the third quarter. Husky's pretty impressive. So that was dominant. That matchup after the bye week here. Huskies coming down to Autzen Stadium. That's going to be a fun one. You know, I I, par- I partially think you're right with the 35 number because ESPN.com right now has all of Washington's games the rest of the way being on Friday nights, which is definitely not right. So I think there's a bit of a website malfunction. Well, I, I've never been wrong in any of my stats, by the way. Cause I just That's kinda, true. I actually just kind of make them up as yeah. I go, basically. Yeah. Well, all right. You, know, you don't know them, just make them up. The Sounds go- good. The gospel according to Neil. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. No, it was... It was it was 23 for 35. That's Wa- what. Washington next week, by the way, at UCLA and then at Oregon. 
So, so basically a bye week. It's basically a bye week and then Oregon. Now, that being said, I like, sorry, Chipster. I still think UCLA showed some things to be encouraged by. They just couldn't hang four quarters with Colorado is all it came down to. But they've got a positive trajectory, in my humble opinion. I think they'll find their stride. It might not be this year. It'll probably be next year in year three. But Chip will figure it out. Chip will absolutely figure that out. Well, you got to recruit. That's that's how you figure it out. You you kind of get the thirty or forty scholarships that these seniors and juniors have right now. Yeah. And you use those for the freshmen and sophomores. You're going to get some transfers. That's what he'll figure out. By the way, I want to see what Chase Coda did in this game, UCLA and Colorado last night, or if they even played Chase Coda because of the redshirt rule. Maybe they sat him out. See if he can keep his uh, redshirt eligibility. He did not factor in the stat sheet last night for UCLA. So. Okay. We'll see. Chad, if Chad's son. Chad's son, yeah. Gets uh, gets any run next Alex week. Alex Molden's son made a tackle, just to throw that in there for you. Elijah? Yeah. For you, Doug. I'm just going to throw that in there. I saw the stats. This That's a great nugget. Westland High School. All right. We'll go away. We'll come back. Final segment of the Oregon College Football postgame show. We'll get our first, first initial thoughts on the matchup with University of Washington two weeks away. Why not? Let's break this game down, baby. It's almost midnight. Ryder Cup starts in 20 minutes. We're staying up late. It's the Oregon College Football Show on 1029 and 750 The Game. Final segment here on 1029 and 750 The Game of the Oregon College Football Post Game Show. Judy Newby and Neil Lomax, the College Football Hall of Famer. Go on YouTube and uh, fire up some of those old Neil Lomax NFL highlights. There's plenty of them. And, and they're in color. Which actually kind of shocked me. Hey, stat for you, Oregon fans. So, under Justin Herbert, what's the average points they score when he's quarterback? I knew what it was before the game. Average average points they score when he's the quarterback. I'll I'll go with 42. (laughs) You cheated. You looked or something. I know. Well, it's actually actually 42.3. There you go. I was wrong. I was wrong. 42.3. How many did they score that's, today? That's a lot of points. I mean, that's a lot of points in playing. I mean, now that's team points. Yeah, when he's when he's the quarterback, Oregon averages forty two point three points a game. That's that's a lot of points. It's relevant because Oregon scored forty two, but you got to give credit to non offensive touchdowns today. Okay. Yeah, I'm just give saying. No, you know, defense defense showed up. Defense showed up today. They did. Without question. Well, well balanced attack on all sides to me. Again, I thought offensively, defensively, they controlled this football game and a lot looked a lot better than an eighteen point win. But they they'll take that win. Coach Cristobal will take that win. And now they get the bye and here comes the Huskies and we talked about kinda some future games. Well, let's dig into that a okay. little bit because here we go. Oregon's gonna hit the bye at four and one and <laughs> they should be five and zero. Oh. They should be five and zero and a top ten team in the country. You got to flush that. You I know. Flush it. But I'm in the back I'm... of my head, I can't. Ugh. This team should be top ten in the AP poll and five and zero. But okay, whatever. They're four and one. They'll probably be ranked sixteen, maybe come Sunday. Anywho, anywho, here's what they got: a bye week. Yep. Let's get the bodies right. Let's get it well. Here we go. UW comes into town October thirteenth. UW looked very impressive against uh, BYU today. Next week, they are at UCLA. They're going to win that game, so they're going to be 5-1. and one. They'll be in the top 10. Going to Oregon will be probably ranked in round 16 or 17. 
Okay. What is your early thoughts? Let's just start with that matchup. What's your early thoughts on how Washington and Oregon get out shapes of, get up? It, well, first of all, Huskies win the game down in the Rose Bowl. Sure. Okay. No, yeah, really. Win the game. It's I know UCLA, right? Right. They were so impressive. Day. Can you come out of that injury free? Will you get a couple guys nicked up, banged up a little bit that you can come into Otson healthy on both sides of the ball? That would be key. After University of Washington, and look, if Oregon has any aspirations of a New Year's Six or college football playoff or anything like that, they have to win that game, no question. But then after that, let's let the rest of their schedule. At Wazoo, mm. the following week, and, and me and you are in agreement here, that's going to be a tough, tough football game. The yeah. way Washington State likes to play, you know, they took care of you t- the top two teams in the South, USC and Utah. Wazoo should have won at USC last Friday, and they did beat Utah at home today in a close game. But that's yeah. a team you can't overlook. No, no and no, nobody's going to argue with that fact. Nobody who knows anything about college football, not just the West Coast, the Pac-12, will not argue that. Going to Pullman now, that that Washington State team has been scary for the last few years. Uh, Luke Falk's gone now, but Gardner Minshew is leading that air raid attack and doing it well. So it's that game, and my concern game, too, is at Utah. That's what I was going to say, because the last five games on the schedule are at Arizona. You're saying, you know what, I'm not worried about that right now. No, not right now. Versus UCLA, yeah, okay, we know that one. You're at Utah, that's going to be tough. You're home to Arizona State. Late November, you're better than that team, though. You're better than that team. And then you're in the Civil War Black Friday at Oregon State. You're better than that team, Lord knows. But at Utah, that's going to be a tough one. Utah, Mm -hmm. that's a physical football team. Seemed limited offensively. (laughs) <laughs> but they're a team that can definitely compete with you. But would you say you say UW's the toughest game after the bye? But after that, is it at Wazoo or at Utah that's the most tough after that? I think it's the right after the Washington game at Washington State. And I, yeah. and I, love, I love what Coach Cristobal and Coach Levitt says about all we care about, though, right now is today. Do we have a good practice today? And I think that's important. Do we have a good practice today? Let's get better today. Let's get better the next day. So they're going to regroup and kind of figure out, here's the things we're doing well. Let's keep doing those things. The things we do poorly, let's work on them. And they have, you know, again, 13, 12, 13 days to get ready here, and here we go. So, But the next week, you're up in Pullman. That's a concern as well. All right. We'll go ahead and wrap it up there, approaching midnight already. Boy, that Ooh. postgame show flies the heck by, doesn't it? Well, when they're, yeah, when they're four-hour college games, sometimes <laughs> they take three and a half hours to play. But they're fun, though. Hey, I love, I mean, from 9 o'clock in the morning on, you got to love college football. There were some great games. And Oregon, congratulations. You got the victory down there at Berkeley. Bye week, and the Huskies are coming to town. October 13th is when we will be on the air next. We are taking next week off for the bye week. So you'll have LSU in Florida on 1029-750 the game next Saturday afternoon and a Timbers game to follow. He is the College Football Hall of Famer, Neil Lomax. I'm Judah Newby. Thanks for Dustin Fuentes spinning it behind the glass. Brian Perkins, Jordan Kent before us. Peter Sampson, Jordan Schultz, Bobby Bean, Matthew Zimmer, Josiah Cabrera, Bruce Collins, the boss. Appreciate all of you. We'll see you in two weeks' time here on The Game.